has turned and left us here. Uh, I'm Sarah Iyer. I'm Matthew Reichbach. I was going to introduce you, but I always want to say I'm here with, <laughs> and you're never in the same room. You're in no, another I'm, state, so yeah. I was just like, was like, I'll just let you introduce yourself. <laughs> but I'm extremely excited about this episode. Like, more so, I feel bad that I'm like more excited for this episode than... <laughs> It's not that I don't like talking about Weezer, because obviously I do, but I just feel a real connection with the subject of this episode. I mean, you can say it. People read the As the title. rentals. We're talking about the rentals. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to that, though, how are yes. you doing? Uh, I am doing okay. I. It's funny because I... So we decided that for this episode, because you hadn't really listened to the rentals. At all. Yeah. So we decided that I would do a whole bunch of research and which was super fun, by the way, and that you would listen to the album and then I would tell you what I found. Yeah. Uh, so I have this notebook where I'm taking all these notes and I found a bunch of cool stuff. Like I can talk about the rentals without having notes, but it's yeah. nice to kind of be like, oh, I know. I know this know for a for fact. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so not be like, I think this happened. To- well, especially with Weezer, I feel like there are so many things that I found out on the message boards. And I'm like, I don't know if this is true, but, you know, somebody told me this on the boards. So I did actual legitimate research. And then today I had to go because uh, uh, shout out to Steven, who does listen to this podcast. But Hi, Steven. I'm uh, watching his cat while he's out of town. And so I went and he lives like, I don't know, anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes away, depending on what time Uh, it is. Los Angeles. I'm glad (laughs) I don't live there. (laughs) But it's really like 20 minutes, basically. And I went there to check on Penny Lane and I brought my notebook. So I was like, I'm going to do a little bit more research. Oh, no. Uh, And so then I I came home and I ran a few errands in Pasadena and I got into my apartment at like five o'clock this evening and I was like, wait, where's my notebook with yeah. all my stuff in it? Oh, no. <laughs> I left it at Stevens and I was so mad at myself, which is, you know, it's unfair to be mad at myself. Like, I didn't do it on purpose, but I was still like, you're so stupid, Sarah. You left yeah. it. And I got, I was like, fine, I have to go back and get it. Cause, like, you know, I took all these notes for a reason. You know, like, I don't remember yeah, everything. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. You'd feel yeah. even worse if it was on the, on the podcast and you missed a fact. You're like, I I had it in my notebook. Yeah. So I got in the car and it was five o'clock, which is, well, again, rush hour can be anytime. You kind of never know. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of never know. Like you could be going somewhere at five o'clock and it could take 10 minutes or it could take an hour. You really don't know. 2 a.m. could be rush hour. I don't know. I still don't know. Uh, So I got in the car. Luckily it only took me like 20 minutes each way. Uh, But it's funny because I got in the car And I had been listening to the rentals all day while I was running errands in my car. And Brilliant Boy was the next song that was on. And it's like, it says like, you're, (laughs) you're a stupid girl and I'm not a brilliant boy. And I was like, oh, but that's kind of funny because he's saying like, he's not smart either. And it made me feel better. And I laughed and I felt better about myself. (laughs) 
so the rentals made me feel a little better today. Um, but how, how have you been? Has your day been I've better been than good. mine? Yeah, I, I, I did have to drive, but it took me about 10 minutes I went to go see the Avengers Endgame. Ooh. It was good. I only cried twice. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't say any spoilers, even though this comes out. <laughs> like, well, like if oh, you care about spoilers, you would have seen it by now. By the yeah. time this comes out. But, um, I feel yeah, like if you don't see it the first night it's out, you don't care about You don't care I, enough. <laughs> I give it like a week because, you know, you might have yeah. something going on that weekend uh, or whatever. But after like a week, it's okay. You're, you don't yeah. care that much. Mm-hmm. But, I've uh, been having people send me spoilers because I'm like, I'm not going to like <laughs> I gave up on Marvel a long time ago, but I was like, I still want to feel included. Like, yeah, I want to know what you're all talking it. about. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. I, I bought a couple more baseball hats because <laughs> I am obsessed. I I think that I've averaged about two hats a week for the past <laughs> six weeks. Wow. Where do you keep all of them? Um, right now they're in a closet mm. or in a pile next to my computer. I'm staring at like six of them right now, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, getting to be warmer now. And I had to put on, uh, put on <laughs> like shorts and stuff, which I haven't had to do for a while, but huh. yeah, it's warm here too. It's kind of nice, but also it, I have allergies. So oh, yeah, spring. Luckily, hey. my, my allergies thing are right away in the spring. So My cat's meowing, but it's fine. <laughs> Look, this <laughs> just is just going to happen. I know on the percast, we're like, yeah, this is great. But on this podcast, we're also going to just leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so unless there's anything else you want to talk. Oh, well, I do yeah. want to say to everybody, thanks for listening. Yeah. You know, we had kind of a big run up of episodes. Um, but the man, we've the outpouring of support has been a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah. People have been really excited about it, and that's that's really cool. It's very humbling. So yeah, thank you, everyone. Yeah, so other people uh, care about Weezer still, I guess, so that's good. Yeah, and good job on those gifts. Those are all Matt, by the oh, way. <laughs> literally everything else is Sarah, so she, she edits the episode. She does our little promo. Oh, if, if you don't follow us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you don't see the awesome little video trailers that Sarah makes uh, for every episode. They're a lot of fun. I mean, again, I'm unemployed, so I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I have a degree in editing. Well, somebody somebody let me do stuff. <laughs> now, you've, now you've set the... the the precedent where when you, you do get do employed, <laughs> but it, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool stuff. Like I really like the Coachella one that we did. Oh, yeah. but, um, that was fun. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. So thanks yeah. everyone for following us. Um, yeah. The rentals, the rentals. <laughs> I, I've been so excited for, well, should, should I tell you episode. everything I know about the rentals before we start? Yeah. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what you know and tell me your general opinion on the album and we'll go into more detail as we go. I'm sure. Okay. The, so the, I wrote down the rentals knowledge on my notes. Nice. It's three things. <laughs> it's Matt Sharp's band. Yes. Maya Rudolph was a member. Uh-huh. And Matt Sharp left Weezer to do more with them. That's literally all I know. And it might not even all be accurate. The third thing could be true. That's the one thing where I'm like, nobody really, there's a lot, there are a lot of rumors about why Matt Sharp left Weezer if it had to do with the rentals, if it didn't, yeah. uh, I actually did quite a bit of digging into and does that. It really say anywhere? I didn't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so was, when people ask him, what does he say? 
Well, I know at one point he said that he was asked to leave the band and the band said that he quit. Uh, So typical band shit. Yeah, I and then I found a lot of rumors about how Rivers was getting really controlling. I I read that he fined Brian because Brian's guitar was out of tune or oh, that's something. Some, that's some James Brown shit right there. Yeah. Like, like I don't know if any of this is true. I just want to say that I think look, Rivers is probably very difficult to work with. So is Matt probably. Honestly, yeah. they're both really creative musicians and i can't imagine they them both getting have their along visions well. yeah yeah and their visions might not necessarily uh match i mean just like john and paul from the beatles not the, oh, the beatles, i'm comparing okay. weezer to the not the apostles oh, you meant- <laughs> or them probably i don't know Wait, was john an apostle i think so those sound like very well, biblical names I'm yeah they, they were gospels but i you know it's oh. right after easter and you know maybe i should know this since i oh no did, it's fine since i went to church every weekend oh, until oh, i did was you? 18 oh then yeah you you probably should know yeah i should <laughs> i have probably never i've set foot in churches for <laughs> weddings yeah since since i left high school really i the only time i go is for weddings and funerals mm-hmm. and i don't know why like all right, let's not get into no, no <laughs> into a religion talk. <laughs> but the rentals, yeah. Um, so yeah, your religion, the rentals, <laughs> rentalism. But uh, you are correct about the first fact: is that <laughs> Matt Sharp? Uh, I was actually trying to figure out when he started this band. It's funny because for Weezer, there's a lot of information about when they started and their whole thing. And it's like, oh, February 14th, 1992 is Weezer Day because that's when the band formed. Um, I think a lot of it is because they have Carl there. Probably. He keeps track of everything. He still does it. Yeah. That's a good point. he, He has to write a book or something at some point. Oh, yeah. Because he's like the historian of the band. Which, as you see with the rentals or, you know, most bands just don't have that. That's true. That actually is a good point. Maybe I'm just used to that from Weezer. So I'm like, why isn't there more information on the rentals? Um, But there was one site that said they were recording Return of the Rental. By the way, this episode is on Return of the Rentals, which is the rentals first album, which I know is confusing. But I love yeah, it. What, what year did it come out? Uh, it came out in 1995. So it came out uh, October 24th, 1995. Uh, just for reference, the Blue Album, Weezer's Blue Album, came out May 10th, 1994. And Pinkerton came out September 24th, 1996. So this was this right was in between. In between, uh, I guess a little bit closer to Pinkerton. But yeah, basically right in between. And I, uh, one website said they were recording Return of the Rentals at the same time they were recording the Blue Album. And yeah, another website sense. says that during the spring of 1994, Sharp mounted the first rental studio session. I saw another site that said they record they started recording after the Blue Album had already been released. So again, I, I could not... They, I don't know if they'd have time to yeah. record, because I'm sure they were touring like crazy after the Blue Album came Probably. out. Probably. So I don't exactly know when all this took place, but it was sometime around there, and we do know it was released in between Blue and Pinkerton, which it's very relevant to Weezer, and we'll get to that... Um, it's very relevant to Pinkerton and how Pinkerton turned out. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yes. So return of the rentals, which was released in 1995 
And I like the description on Wikipedia. It's very <laughs> Wikipedia, very simple. Known for their quirky, Moog-driven melodies and a mix of male and female vocals. That is true. And the Moog <laughs> is the type of synth that they yeah, use. A lot. <laughs> yes. It's their signature sound. Uh, I actually found something about that. Um <laughs> The Moog. Your notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I picture you with like a big like scroll like or like maybe like the book that Santa has to for the naughty and nice <laughs> and you have to flip through. It's just like this comically large thing. You're not wrong. Uh, no, you are wrong. It's just one of these like black notebooks. But I was looking up. Uh, oh, yeah. Matt Sharp did in interview i guess with the moog company or something look i don't know this is all yeah. through google i just googled a bunch of stuff uh but for this says formerly the bass player for weezer sharp discusses being inspired by the sound of gary newman and his 1979 album the pleasure principle huh. and bringing the synthesizer into the forefront of the rental sound first heard in their 1995 single friends of p I don't think of us as looking for the limitless possibilities of synthesizers. We really look at it as a sort of pure sort of sound that those sources had and that a lot of those early Moogs have, like the mini Moog and those things. But the source, monophonic synthesizer manufactured by Moog Music between 1981 to 1985, in particular has a particular sound that sounds like the rentals. It sounds like who we are. So that's a quote from Matt Sharp. And Yeah, yeah I definitely... It's hard yeah. not. I I could tell that the two things that jump, the instrument parts that jumped out on both or on all songs were uh, the drums and the uh, yes. and the Moog. I Do you want to know, know why the drums possibly jumped out to you? Oh, I think I saw that Patrick Wilson was the yeah. drummer. When I was trying not to do research, it just popped up. I, <laughs> but yeah, I, that's I, I seriously listened to this album probably fifteen times this week. Wow, and. Till, like I was starting to write notes on each song, but then when you listen to something that often, they all kind of just start to blend together. Yeah. And I don't, I stopped about halfway through. I'm like, I don't, I'm writing the same thing for all these at this well, certain point. All the songs do kind of sound they're very well, cohesive, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like it, there's, it, it sounds know. like a co cohesive album for sure. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's one song where you're thinking this does not sound like it belongs in this album. There's not like an acoustic. Right. There's no Beverly <laughs> Hills. <laughs> Yeah. I still think Beverly Hills doesn't belong on Make Believe. It doesn't go. What, what album do you think it does belong on? <laughs> Maybe the Red Album. Oh, I, I don't know why I came up with no that album. so fast. <laughs> yeah. I think I just, I haven't listened to the Red Album in a long time, but yeah, I feel either. like it's weird. I feel like it's just perplexing. So I think I would put Beverly Hills on there. <laughs> I, I, I was just joking too. I was, I was expecting you to say no album. It, it, it should be stricken from existence. No, I had my answer ready. Yeah, you uh, did. I, like I, was, I didn't even finish the question. I think I had thought about that before. <laughs> Sounds like it's almost like we should like do a podcast about Weezer or something. No, let's just do a rentals podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so Matt Sharp has been the only consistent member of the rentals. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, others on, on return of the rentals, there was Pat Wilson, who we all know. Wonderful. By the way, listening to this again and kind of like thinking about it more the drums are so good on it like and they're good. up front in the mix too yeah like the i the vocals 
Oh, we'll get into it later. But the, and let's talk about, yeah, the drums are up front and it is so, it's so perfect. I, yeah. I don't know if it's perfect, like. It's good. Technically though. perfect, but it's, it's noticeably good for somebody yeah. who's dumb about music like me. <laughs> no, like, and there are parts where it's like, you know, usually the drums kind of, and again, yeah, I don't know anything about drums, but the drums are kind of usually you know, just in the background kind of doing, the, yeah. doing the rhythm thing. But there are parts where he like does these fills and things that are really good. <laughs> I don't know the words to describe <laughs> yeah. it. What, what instrument does Matt play on this? Does Matt Sharp play? You know, I don't know if he's actually playing bass or if he's yeah. just doing vocals and wrote the music. So I was um, wondering, cause if it would make sense if the drums and the bass were high up in the mix because mm -hmm. he's a bassist and it's his band. <laughs> so yeah. that's the part that he knows the best. But. I know when I have seen, cause I have seen the rentals and I'll talk about that more later, but, uh, I think think he's just doing vocals although i will mention this because it's very exciting and i can't hold it in so i've seen the rentals twice yeah once was in 2006 and the other time was i think 2015 no no 20 yeah 2015 it's weird mm. because 2015 feels further away than 2006 don't ask me why uh <laughs> but i couldn't find a set list for 2015 Oddly enough, but huh. I did find a set list for the 2006 show, which was at the music box, which I think is gone now, which is just a thing that's happening to me now is like, if <laughs> you live in a you... place long enough, you'll be like, oh, where's that bar I used to go to? Oh, it's gone now. <laughs> it's been gone for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Everything seems to be closing down recently that I used to go to. But anyway, um, I think they actually closed down a little while ago. Uh, but I saw them there and they did, I just threw out the love of my dreams, which is a Weezer song huh. with Matt Sharp just playing bass. And then I forget who was in the band at that time, but one of the women in the band did the vocals, which is how that song is. And it's probably one of my favorite Weezer songs. I, I think I was really happy, <laughs> but I found a did, video. Did you cry of like it. me at Avengers Endgame? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but I found a video of it not at the music box, but um, it was from that 2006 tour, and we'll put a link to that because it's that's as close to seeing Weezer as I will ever get because that is a classic song, Matt Sharp on bass. It was beautiful. Uh, but yeah, there, so Matt Sharp has been the only consistent member of the rentals and on return of the rentals, we have Pat Wilson, as mentioned, uh, Rod Cervera on guitar. And he was actually, uh, the person who produced Maladroit, which huh. I think is interesting. There's Tom Grimley. <laughs> huh? Tom Brimley? Grimley? Oh, Grimley. Oh, Tom Grimley. Yeah, I tried to look him up. I couldn't find a lot on him, but he's a musician. He was on keyboards. Petra Hayden from That Dog on violin and vocals. That dog, that was when, when 
that I did do a tiny, tiny bit of research because I was like, this, they sound like some band, like, yeah. And well, that dog and not a surf are the two bands. And I'm like, they sound a lot like those two bands. And me. I think either it might've been her, it might've been Rachel Hayden. Who's also on this album. Um, and she's saying on, I just threw out the love of my dreams, the Weezer song. Yeah. She, I think was in that dog as well. And she may have been in the Decemberist. One of them was in the Decemberist. So I think they've just been in a lot of bands that we, We've probably listened to. Yeah. Cause the, the album, it does sound, it sounds super mid nineties to me. Yes. Like the specific type of like mid nineties rock that turned into something different now. That's more, maybe more electronic now. Yes. Like indie, indie rock with like electronic, maybe not like the strokes or but you know, stuff of that era. Well, I, I like actually... this was a predecessor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have actually a good article. You transitioned me to a good article I found that talks about their sound. And it's a little bit long, but I want to read parts of it. Um, So this is an article from Spectrum Culture. Never heard of it. But it's called Holy Hell, Return of the Rentals Turns 20. So this article is from 2015, I'm guessing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I can do math. Um, so it says Even the I rentals. Knew that. <laughs> 1995 plus 20. Yeah, 2015. <laughs> the rentals 1995 debut sa- still sounds strikingly contemporary in 2015. Return of the rentals influenced an entire generation of musicians playing like a template for the more pop centric end of the indie spectrum. With its boy girl vocals, buzzy synths, heavily compressed distorted guitars, and seemingly en- endless stream of hooks. The album sound is a clarion call, a ground zero, the anti-Nirvana. The band jump-started a musical and aesthetic revolution by co-opting disparate influences, new wave grunge, elements of classical music, and filtering them through the lens of the mid-90s turned back on itself. Like Nirvana, though to an undeniably lesser extent, the rentals forged a sound that left a lasting impact on popular music. Their unique combination of sounds and styles established an easy entry point for those coming down from a grunge high. This button-down aesthetic, an offshoot of Matt Sharp's tenure in the equally nerd-identified Weezer, (laughs) (laughs) arrived amidst a sea of flannel. (laughs) They stood in sharp contrast to their peers and served as a beacon for those disaffected by the cultural permeation of grunge. Their sound and look provided a counter-cultural outlet for those who only a few years earlier would have sought solace in grunge. From the album's cover on down, Return of the Rentals embodies the now seemingly ubiquitous nerd chic adopted by countless bands since. But when viewed in the context of the waning years of grunge, the Rentals' aesthetic was as anti-establishment as grunge had been in the face of hair metal. Maybe this is overstating them, but yeah. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, I the, the one part that I will disagree with this i don't think it sounds contemporary at all like i said i think this sounds really of the time yeah maybe they mean contemporary in like a. I mean i don't know because i don't listen to contemporary music so maybe things are going back that well, way but well, like you we were talking about tame impala because they played oh, yeah. they headlined coachella and we both i think afterwards after we talked about it went and listened to their songs <laughs> and only knew one song yeah we're like oh, i've heard that it's kind of boring but i've heard it <laughs> And I think that's more what, you know, whatever indie rock that's is now current, yeah. is more that than yeah. I than, think Weezer's uh, any sort trying. Rock. Weezer's trying to sound closer to Tame Impala, or well, it's hard. It's hard to know what we. Well, I don't know. I haven't really listened to the Black Album all that much because yeah, you can't really 
do we've both listened to the teal album <laughs> but uh yes <laughs> you can't really say that's no. what they sound like because it's no. all covers <laughs> that's what the 80s sounded like in the 90s uh, kind of <laughs> oh just another paragraph from this article that i want to read um, it says building songs around self-deprecating lyrics much of the album's appeal lies in its ability to speak to disaffected underdogs sharp's lyrics expressed melancholic sentiments that predated weezer's emo touchstone pinkerton while largely credited to Cuomo's own disaffection, it's no coincidence that Weezer took a turn for the sunnier following Sharp's departure after the release of Pinkerton. So interesting theory in this article. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how much Matt Sharp contributed to Pinkerton, but... <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of... I feel like it's Rivers. It's a very Rivers album. Okay, so in my opinion... Return of the Rentals is the Rentals Blue album. Huh. And Seven More Minutes, which came out in 1999, is their Pinkerton. And I hope we do an, uh, an episode on that because I do feel like it's very, it's very much more, it's more like Pinkerton. It's very emotionally raw. It's very honest. So I don't think that this album is super like emo. I see. And I had a, I, even though I listened to it 15 times, like I said, <laughs> I had a really hard time picking out lyrics because the vocals are so mm. almost monotone in some parts yes. that they just kind of fade into all the other instruments, which, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's what he was going for. Maybe. But well, I know that. I, but I, I, I can only think of a couple, you know, lyrics that come to mm-hmm. mind from it. So I, I couldn't really say what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that. I feel like I read somewhere and this is not my research that I did. This is like, I heard this somewhere, <laughs> Yeah. but I, I heard that I think Matt Sharp knew that he didn't have maybe the best singing voice. And I think that's why he probably got, I mean, look, I love his voice. It's very unique, but I like that he got all these other vocalists to kind of support him on it yeah. because it, it adds a lot more. Like he does have a very, um, I don't think his range is very much. But then you bring in these other singers and it kind of adds a lot to it. Yeah, especially uh, like when you compare it. You know, I think the Rivers has a really good voice. Mm-hmm. So when you compare and, and I think he has a really clear singing voice. Yeah. So like you understand his lyrics. Yes. Very well. Uh, and yeah, the, the vocals. Yeah, they just kind of got lost for not lost, but it was just another instrument for me. So mm-hmm. it. it you know, it was really good to listen to in the background while I was working or doing other stuff. But the only lyrics that really jump out are, I know I'm not your type. I'll never be your type. And oh, nice. you know, this, what is it? Stupid girl or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. I actually wrote down, even though I've listened to this album a ton of times, uh, I wrote down a couple lyrics that I wanted to mention cause I just love them. Yeah. Um, Oh, from Please Let That Be You, there's a part where he goes, inside I malfunction, and I love that. I don't know why, it's just like, it's so relatable. <laughs> it's so relatable, it's about robots or something. Um, and then on Naive, he says, one more time, though I know it's wrong, maybe you change your mind and everything is fine. Love it. <laughs> it's too relatable. It's too relatable. Um, but yeah, I do think it's you know, return of the rentals specifically. I mean, I think maybe seven more minutes is more, I think you can hear his voice better in seven more minutes, 
because it's kind of more raw, but I don't know that his voice is necessarily better. Just jumping back, I thought, when did you first hear the rentals? Oh, I think we kind of mentioned it in our first episode, but. Well, I don't really remember the exact time, but I know it was after Weezer. Obviously, I'd only heard of them because of Weezer, and it was probably from someone on the message boards. I just know that when I first heard them, it it kind of, it made me think, like, anything that's so heavy on synths makes me think of the Disneyland Light Parade. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Oh, so, I don't know if they still have it, but at Disneyland, they have this, like... I've, I've never been to Disneyland. Yeah, it, I mean, I haven't been in a long time, but I don't think they do it anymore. But they have this light parade of like all these floats, and it's at night, and they're all lit up, and it goes like, and it's, <laughs> I'll just put in the music, <laughs> but it's very like, it's like the music is all done with synths, and so it just kind of brought me back to that. And I don't know if that's why I liked it, because it reminded me of that, even though there are tons of bands that used synths yeah. before, but for some reason it made me think of Disneyland. Um, but I think I just really liked that it sounded similar to Weezer. Like, there's definitely a lot that it has in common with Weezer, but it's different. It's definitely different. And I think, especially when I listened to their next album, it was like Pinkerton, but less problematic. I actually wrote down a, a quote, because I know we weren't going to talk about Seven More Minutes, but I found a funny quote about it. Uh, from thestranger.com. Don't know what that is, but... it's a, I think it's an alt weekly. Oh, it is. Okay, okay, cool. Um, but it says, like Pinkerton, and this is about seven more minutes, like Pinkerton, it's an underrated jewel inspired by new surroundings and love lost in a faraway land, minus the creepy colonial lens of the Madame Butterfly character who inspired the Weezer album. <laughs> yeah, that's so, totally a alt weekly type of... Uh... <laughs> So I think that I like the rentals because it was like having more Weezer albums, kind of. And I don't think they're problematic, which is great now because I can go back and listen to Seven More Minutes and not have a, a cringy problem with it. Um, yeah, because I, I don't hear the Weezer stuff like that much. I don't, well, I, don't I think, really think that it sounds that much like any other stuff. I think it sounds a little bit like their Pinkerton B-sides. So after the Blue album, Weezer was actually going to do an album called Songs from the Black Hole. Do you yeah. know about, you, you've heard about this, right? Yeah, I've probably heard it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard it in a while. I need, we'll do an episode about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were going to do Songs from the Black Hole, which was going to be a rock opera set in space. But, uh, and there were, I, I think some of the Pinkerton B-sides were going to be Songs from the Black Hole songs. I think some of the songs that ended up on Pinkerton were repurposed from Songs from the Black Hole. I think also, um, I think at this point we have all of the Songs from the Black Hole songs. They were released on Rivers' solo albums, his alone albums or whatever. But Rivers said that he thought the concept was too whimsical, so he abandoned it. 
And I found an article. Stead did something based on Madam Butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Do an Orientalist take on (laughs) on nerd culture. Oh, okay. So there's a Rolling Stone article with Rivers. Let me see. What year did this article happen? Oh, this article's from 2010. And... Uh, it's called Rivers Cuomo looks back at Pinkerton and oh, because they had just released the deluxe version of Pinkerton at this time, I guess. So he was talking about it. Um, (laughs) this is funny. Uh, Cuomo used to hate to discuss the intensely personal album, calling it quote sick in a diseased sort of way, (laughs) but he called into Rolling Stone to explain his change of heart and the rough period of his life in the mid 1990s that inspired Weezer's masterpiece. And so the person asked, the second Weezer album was originally going to be a rock opera called Songs from the Black Hole. Can you tell me why you abandoned that in favor of Pinkerton? Um, 20 second pause. Wow. We are <laughs> going back. I love when interviewers <laughs> I know, that. right? That's as, as a journalist, <laughs> when it's so, it's so tempting to just jump in and talk. Right. Some incident when there's silence and I, I think I do it more than I should. But yeah. Anyways, it's so funny because throughout this whole article, I won't read the whole thing, but like they keep doing that and he does so many pauses. <laughs> so when we finally have him on this podcast, we have right? to account for all the pauses. Yes. Yes. So, um, 20 second pause. Wow. We are going back 15 years here. 15 second pause. Oh, I would have to go back and look at my notes, but 20 second pause. I think I was planning to make the second Weezer album a sort of space travel themed rock opera with lots of synthesizers and new wave flavor over the Weezer rock sound. 15 second pause. And then our bass player, Matt, put out his first solo record, and I felt like it had a lot of the same musical and lyrical themes that I was planning to explore on the second record. So that would be one contributing factor, my change of heart. Also, I had this really painful surgical procedure on my leg, which lasted 13 months in all, and it took me to a place emotionally where the whole idea of this whole rock opera started to feel too whimsical for where I was emotionally going through the pain of the procedure. And so I scrapped the whole idea and went to a more serious and dark place. Yeah. Yeah. You, Cause we've talked about it. We'll talk about it more. Too. We'll talk about every episode probably, <laughs> yeah. but how, how the uh, concept of loneliness is all the way through Pinkerton. Yeah. And well, I said loneliness really weird. <laughs> 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 Leave it in. I was drunk. I slurred my words. <laughs> but I mean, that's what songs from the black hole was kind of meant to be too. And I like, again, we don't have a track listing for songs from the black hole. I think people just came up with like fan track listings because we have all the songs now in some form or another. Yeah. But I really love that idea. And I think it would have, I don't know. I think it would have been. I wonder how history would be. <laughs> Weezer's yeah. history would be different if, if that had happened. Yeah, I don't know. If they uh, had went the more whimsical route for the second one. Because also they had women singing a lot of the songs. Like they had characters and they had women singing some of these songs. I feel like some of the, like I just threw out the love of my dreams. I think that was a song from a song from the black hole song. And that song is so much. Imagine if Rivers sang that song. I, I wouldn't like it as much 
it's just easier to hear certain things from a woman, even though Rivers wrote it, you know? So is it yeah. still, a, I don't know. Uh, but I also found a thing on Weezerpedia uh, when Cuomo was asked on a chat room interview. I don't know if I don't know if they meant chat room or if it was like on the boards, <laughs> but they use the, the phrase chat room. So I don't know when Cuomo was asked on a chat room interview what the reason was for not releasing songs from the black hole. He simply stated R.O.T.R., which is Return of the Rentals. So he kind of blamed Matt for not being able to release that album the way he wanted to and i think that album would have had a more rentals ish sound like there were definitely going to be more synths and male and female vocals i don't know if there would have been strings in it or whatever but i think yeah. it would have sounded more similar to how the rentals ended up sounding um that's my theory based on what i've what i've heard yeah i'm i decided to look because 96 was when pinkerton came out mm-hmm. and uh so i was I was like, I wonder what were the big albums, big rock albums then. Mm. It was like Stone Temple Pilots, Smashing Pumpkins, 1979, mm. Seven Mary Three, Everclear, and then like Metallica. So I don't think that, I don't think that Weezer fit in there anywhere, <laughs> like, yeah. no matter what sound they put in. That's like, true. You know, Soundgarden was number one for, hmm. you know, five weeks, six weeks or whatever. Van Halen was still God. Van Halen was still, but you, you know, like those, uh, those were the songs that, that hit number one. So I don't know if any type of synth forward thing would have done any better than Pinkerton. Yeah. It was it definitely have. a throwback. <laughs> and you know, you, you keep mentioning that these articles say, mention the synthesizers and new wave. And mm. it doesn't sound new wavy at all to me. No, like it's not as clean. And but I guess they don't know how else to describe something with all those synths. Yeah, know? like 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 fuzzy type synth. Like everything's fu- like, I I like it. Uh, I, I guess I, like I, should, I guess I haven't said I I did like the album. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's something that I'd put on. Well, maybe I'm tired of it because I listen to it so often. <laughs> it's the only thing I listen to all week, pretty much. But I don't. Yeah, it, it, I don't even know where I'm going with the synths. <laughs> Well, I, I definitely think that I, you know, I really liked the rentals and then I got to a place in my life where I had to listen to the rentals. This makes me sound insane, (laughs) but I don't care. Um, oh, well this, this will, this will take me into a story. (laughs) I I have two embarrassing stories to tell on this episode. Okay, good. I have zero. (laughs) Okay. Let me tell the less embarrassing one first. Okay. So I, so it was okay. Let me take you back to 2009, right? So I'm working a desk job. It's what I, you know, thinking back on it, it actually was actually, it was a really good time in my life, but at the time I thought it, it was bad. Yeah. I would kill to go back there to having a steady job. It was great. <laughs> uh, but I was working a job where I didn't feel like I had much going on. Um, I was dating a guy who was sort of awful. Uh, <laughs> and I started really listening to the rentals a lot. Especially seven more minutes because, and again, we'll hopefully talk about that on some other episode, but essentially that album is about, it's about Matt Sharp's time in Europe. And it was about kind of this, I think it was about this person who he was in love with in possibly Spain. I I don't totally know. I don't know that he's ever like, like clarified what that album is about, but it's basically about feeling lost and alone in another country 
And I, being the dramatic person I am, I was like, yeah, I totally I get that. I feel lost alone too. <laughs> so, this desk job is like another country. Yeah, right? <laughs> My life was so good. I'm so dramatic. Uh, but I was sitting at work one day and I was just sad and I had nothing to do and I was bored. And I was, and you know, I'd been working at this job for a year and a half. So I had some money saved up and I was like, let me just buy a Moog. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on eBay and I found the exact one that they use, the synthesizer that they use on the rentals. I mean, they use a lot of different uh, instruments, but this one specifically, the Moog Source, which is very uh, heavily used in their music. And I think used on Return of the Rentals pretty much throughout. And I found it. I bid on it. A couple hours later, I won. <laughs> I won the auction. <laughs> Oh, and at this time, too, I had applied to grad school, and every month they had called me, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, you're on the waiting list. Do you want us to keep you on the waiting list? And every month I'd be like, sure, why not? I'm not going to get in. So, And I remember the date. It was July 7th, uh, 2009. Right before and your I, birthday. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I don't, but it was 7-7. 2009 and so I bid on this synth and I won the auction and I was like yay okay I'm gonna go pay for it in a little bit you know you pay through PayPal or whatever yeah and then I was sitting at work and I got a phone call and it was the school I'd applied to and they're like oh somebody dropped out do you wanna do you wanna take their place you're accepted into the school and I was like and they're like oh we need a thousand dollar non-refundable deposit by Monday and I was like I just bought a synth. <laughs> how much was the synth, or do you not want to say? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't say that out loud. Oh, how yeah. much was it? Actually, I can't really remember. It was around a thousand dollars. Jesus. Yeah, it's a vintage musical instrument. <laughs> and how often have you played it? Not recently, but but when I went to go pick it up from the person, super nice person in like Echo Park or something, um, he emailed me. It was really nice. He he emailed me the uh, the manual for it. You, it's like an eighty page manual. You need the manual to figure out how to work it. I love Jesus. it. This it's <laughs> it's so, it's like math. <laughs> no, but I I love it. It's so cool, and it's the coolest thing I own. And even now, it's like as I'm unemployed more and more over the months. I'm like someday I may have to sell this for rent money. But I really hope it doesn't come to that. And I've managed to keep it. It's been 10 years now. Oh, it's almost the 10-year anniversary of when I bought um, it. <laughs> yeah. You have, to, you have to at least keep it for another three yeah, months. Yeah, three months, yeah. Two months. Oh, no, only two and a half now. Oh, yeah. Oh, good, good. <laughs> That's about all I have left, um, money-wise. But, yeah, so I bought it because I wanted to feel better, and I did. <laughs> and it was really fun, and I learned how to, you know, I know how to use it. I just yeah. don't have the occasion to use it. You just have to bust out that manual and to yeah. turn it on. I know what all the buttons do. There's like <laughs> a button and then you press the, if you press a blue button, you use the knob to affect the, how much the, it's a whole thing and it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but I'm not in a band. I'm not a musician. I would, uh, I'll play, I'll play synth in someone's band if they want me to. I can provide my own If equipment. you need somebody, if you hear that, everyone out there, yeah. If you need a synth player, she has I can she has it. the synth and the manual. I read like two thirds of the manual. It's very long, but I read enough <laughs> to know how to work it. But that's embarrassing story number one. So um, I forgot why we went into that, but I just 
I just want to say I, I love the sound of that synth. It's really a beautiful, beautiful sound. <laughs> if you like synths, <laughs> which I do. Um, so, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I was just going to say there was one thing that I asked you to look yes. up. Yes, yes. And it was because the song Friends of P, that was the one, that's the one song I've heard before. Interesting. The only song that I recognized. Okay, Friends of P peaked at number seven on Billboard's Modern Rock Tracks chart and received significant airplay on MTV's 120 Minutes. The album itself never charted. But it's interesting because, yeah, you had asked me if any of the songs had been on a sound, like a movie soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah, I thought that might have been where I'd heard it. It's funny because Friends of P was not, but Waiting was. Waiting was on the Joe's Apartment soundtrack. No. <laughs> that that doesn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you have because apparently they was there Joe's is, Apartment that one with the roaches? Yeah, I never saw it, but yes, I, I just remember the commercials. Uh, yeah, I remember it being a thing, but um, so there is a music video for Waiting because it was one of their singles, um, and then that music video was edited together with clips from Joe's Apartment and shown okay. on 120 minutes. Which I could not find on YouTube, the edited version with the clips. Uh, oh. oh, okay. So that wasn't the official video? No, Or I guess no. it was an, an official video, maybe. Well, it was the video they showed on TV, I guess, but there's an official video without it. So yeah, I guess I could have watched some of the videos. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, maybe. Well, well, I was wondering if you, maybe you, I'm sure if you go and watch them, maybe you had seen some of them on MTV, possibly? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, nine. 96 or yeah. what 95 just came out so yeah maybe i was probably a little young you may have yeah i was mm-hmm. 10 mm. so i probably i was probably more watching nickelodeon than mtv you weren't watching a, a movie was, about roaches in someone's apartment no and i wasn't staying up to watch 120 minutes at one in the morning or oh was that what on. time it was on like That's, i've definitely in my head i picture it always coming on like late at night on mtv too oh, i don't even think we had MV, mtv too Hmm. That oh. was like back when it was on the higher cable tier and my dad was not going to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't remember seeing it on TV, uh, but I also never saw Joe's Apartment. But I think that was funny that you asked me if that if any of the songs had been on a soundtrack and it was one that I, you thought. I was trying to figure out where I heard Friends of P before. And yeah, I was thinking maybe it was in a movie or something. Or I also but, found a video of Blur. And Matt Sharp doing huh. Friends of Peace. I think it was just, it literally was their most popular song. Yeah, so. was, I probably just heard it on the radio, maybe. Probably, it's... yeah. If it was number seven, they would have played it, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely their most popular song. Although not my favorite on the album, but catchy. Um, yeah. uh, waiting, I, I, th- I like that one. It, I, I think that it feels like that one could open up a concert 
mm-hmm. just with the you know it's up tempo it's a pretty simple song the you know the rhythm section and the the again the drums we're talking about yes. how awesome the drums are i thought the drums were i think that, that was the one where i wrote down the drums feel like really alive in this song Ooh, yeah so that's that's the one that that i remember mm-hmm. um oh and another band sorry i'm just looking at my notes and another band that i think kind of listened to the rentals a lot and then they went off in their own direction you know a decade later or two mm-hmm. decades later was the arcade fire kind of reminds me oh a lot i hadn't thought of that but maybe it's just because of the male and female vocals and mm-hmm. well, it's a very stuff. like rich sound you yeah. know very like full sound kind of which is very much the rentals I mean, yeah. who knows? Man, there's so much synth in this. I think on every no. single song that I wrote notes down, I would, man, <laughs> synths and drums are on everything. Yeah. But for I, for Friends I of P, I'm just going to read my, my notes here. Uh-huh. I said, I think I've heard this. The female <laughs> vocals especially. Is it from a movie? It sounds like another song. <laughs> nope. I've definitely heard this song. Oh, you should watch the video because the video is pretty cool. It's like, and Pat's in it too. Um, because Pat, oh, oh, just going back to Maya Rudolph, she actually wasn't, on this album but after this album came out she toured with them and she was on seven more minutes so i think i had gotten confused about whether she was on the album or not but she just toured with them oh, okay and she's in the music video for waiting uh but she's not in the music video for friends of p but that music video is kind of cool it's like all in black and white and it has like russian subtitles and they're very like they're very like robotic with their it, it's a really cool video Friends of P, a lot of people were wondering what that song was about. And apparently it's about Paulina Poroskova, who is the wife of Rick Ocasek, who produced the Blue Album. She's a model. Yes. She she's was. She's super model. That's the thing about, how the heck did Rick Ocasek get <laughs> a supermodel? Not, not to be like, you get a woman, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Hey, if you're cool enough doesn't matter uh yeah, yeah he was in she, the cars and he, he produced yeah. a bunch of albums like, yeah including some weezer albums mm-hmm. but yeah i guess she said that she never had a song written about her huh. or she probably had a few songs written about her <laughs> uh so matt sharp wrote that one it's not really about her it just references her the song itself is about him but so does everybody in this band have glasses <laughs> Is that why I like them? Maybe that. Yeah, you saw this video. You're like, I like this band. They all have glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I want to buy it. I want to buy a super expensive synthesizer now because of oh them. Oh my god, that's what happened. <laughs> um, okay. Well, should I tell my I other embarrassing story? Yeah, yeah. Tell it, and I'll put the. I'm gonna put the video on for waiting. <laughs> okay. All right. My my other story is a lot more embarrassing. <laughs> Is that okay? I, I have, <laughs> I have actually met Matt Sharp. Did I tell you this? You might have. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I, I think I told a few people, but it was really embarrassing. But okay. Okay. I just want to preface this story by saying that I am not a stalker. Okay. <laughs> That's always the greatest start to any story. I want to start but, this by saying like, I am not racist and I am not a stalker. <laughs> but if if somebody look okay if somebody has a public Twitter. And they say where they're going to be on that Twitter oh, and you go there. That's not stalking, right? Depends. Oh, probably. <laughs> no, I'll tell. Okay. So, so I want to say this was like 2011 ish around there. 
And I was on Twitter at the time, and as I am now. And I followed Matt Sharp on Twitter, as I do now. And <laughs> he had tweeted that he was... Matt Sharp retweeted us. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I was so... Oh, my God. So nervous. Um, yeah, what if he listens to this? Well, whatever. He probably doesn't remember. Um, <laughs> well, he's about to. <laughs> But he said that he was going to be... So the Satellite is a venue in L.A. Uh, where a lot of bands play. And he had mentioned that... He, I, I think he either said that he was going to be there to see a band or that he was going to play in that band. And I want to say it's the latter because I feel like that would get me to go to a show is like Matt Sharp yeah. says, I'm going to play bass. creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's a little less creepy. It's like Matt Sharp says, hey, I'm going to be playing bass on a few songs for this band at the satellite, everybody come on down. That's probably what he said, because that's not creepy. He's actually wanting people to go and see them. I cannot, for the life of me, remember the name of the band, but I remember when I got to the satellite, so I did go, I got to the satellite, and it was packed, like, more than usual for, it was some local band, but they had, they definitely had a following. And Matt Sharp did indeed play bass on a couple of their songs and I think I actually did take pictures I'd, I'll have to dig them up because uh, I probably posted them on Facebook or Instagram or something so I'll look for those but he played bass and I was really excited to see Matt Sharp play bass and then after the show he was in the crowd he was like at the bar getting a drink so I was like you know what this is gonna be my only chance to say hi to this person <laughs> and I'll I'll usually do something like that. Like, I don't mind if it's embarrassing. It's like, I might as well take a chance and just say hi to this person because I'll regret it if I never do. So I went up and he was there with um, with Lauren Chipman, who she's, a, uh, I think, a violist, possibly. She's played on some of their albums. I can't remember which ones, but she's involved she's with in the rentals. Video for waiting that I'm watching. Oh, that's her. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Maya Rudolph, I think. She, yeah, that might be her. And so I went up to them. And I think I like either like tapped him on the shoulder or something and he turned around and because and here's where it gets embarrassing because I'm incredibly awkward. I reached into my pocket and pulled out a business card of my <laughs> my own and I handed it to him. And even more embarrassing, my business cards, which I don't keep with me. Anymore. I haven't given my business card out in like 10 years or since then probably. Since, that, since that date. <laughs> yeah. But my business card has a picture of my cat on it. And I gave it to him. Oh, because at the time they were doing songs about time, which was something where every month they would release a new song. Yeah. yeah the rentals did this year long thing in whatever year that was where they would release a new song every week, maybe, or every month. And an, oh, they'd release a new song every, every month and a new video every week. And they would put up a new photo every day. And I remember seeing the videos and thinking, like, I would like to work on these, which <laughs> I, I don't know. You don't go up to someone and just hand them your business card. But that's what I did. And he looked at it and he said, oh, you should give this to her. She's a cat person. Oh. And he gave it to Lauren. And I, I'm sure I said something like I'm a big fan. Uh, I know I said something to him. And then he kind of was like done with the conversation and he was kind of like dancing to whatever band was on at the time. And yeah. so I was like, all right, bye. And I tripped over his foot as I ran oh, off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the time I met Matt Sharp. <laughs> so Matt, if you're listening, 
I'm so sorry. I, oh, I'm, I'm sure sorry. that's not the only weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's probably the least weird thing someone's done to him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's happened to him a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I've, see, uh, living in Albuquerque, I don't really get that opportunity to see people that I'm a big fan of that much. The only time is like when I travel to go see comedy shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like... This was the one of the few times I've gotten starstruck because I usually don't care. Yeah. You know, if you're someone famous, it doesn't matter. You're still a person. I don't care. I've seen Brad and Angelina. I actually have. <laughs> don't care. I saw um, when I worked at the Apple store, I saw uh, Chandler from Friends. And that was cool. And you I was like, Matthew hey, Perry. Matthew Perry. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, but it didn't make me feel starstruck. But this was like, oh, my God, this person their music means so much to me and i was uh i was feel more starstruck when you see like the weatherman from the local channel <laughs> yes like here in albuquerque it's like oh my god that's steve stucker <laughs> something that similar and again nothing to do with the rentals uh, but uh i went to san francisco probably about five years ago just for Sketchfest, which is a big mm-hmm. comedy show they have a month a huge comedy festival. They have all kinds of shows. It's over like three weekends and one weekend, uh, never not funny. My favorite podcast mm. was there and, uh, they, they had John Hamm as their guest because he's a friend of the show and he is, I, I think I mentioned before cause he, he's always at podcastathon, which is the big 12 hour mm-hmm. comedy show that they do, uh, that I'll be traveling to LA to see again this year. Nice. And he is distractingly handsome. Um, I saw him at Cantor's one time. No big deal. Somebody had to tell me who he was. <laughs> but he, he, anyways, whatever. He's 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 like ridiculously handsome. Like he doesn't. Yes, he is. It it's hard to explain. But he, uh, so he was there, and then afterwards, I was waiting because I wanted to say hi to everybody because mm-hmm. the night before they had a show, and I didn't get to say hi, um, which is probably good because I was drunk the night before. <laughs> But this this time I was just hungover, so I was waiting, 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 and then uh, outside the place, and then so he so John Ham comes out and he has his collar up and he has his hat down low, and like he like runs to his car, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, like a million people just like appear out of the sidewalk, I swear, <laughs> oh and God. rush him. They're all wearing holding like magazines for him to sign and Whoa. taking pictures and stuff. I'm like, holy shit, that's what it's like to be a. Celebrity. Must be terrible. It sounds but, terrible, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it does. But for me, I was like, "Hey, there's Jimmy Pardo. That's the guy I want to say hi to. <laughs> you know, the the host of the podcast that I love." And it was like, "Oh, John Hamm. Yeah, that extremely attractive superstar guy. <laughs> Let him run by." And I'm like, "Hi, I just wanted to say hi. You know, thanks. You know, I want to say I enjoyed the show and thanks for the podcast and everything." He's like, "Oh yeah, thanks." And he was very nice. Aww. He's ex- an extremely nice person from. I've never heard a bad story, a bad encounter with fans from him. Um, but then he like says, I'm sorry, I got to cut this off, but I'm jumping in that car with them. And then look, and there's just like people swarming the car. So he runs and he jumps in and they drive off. And then people run to their cars to chase them Oh my God. in their cars. And I was like, that's too much. That's yeah. creepy. But it was funny. All these people were rushing to see John Hamm. And I'm the one nerd who's like, I want to see Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like you want to see like... Because that person means more to you, you know? And also, one of the cool things about the rentals is that, okay, whenever they do tour next, they've toured very few times. But yeah. they're ha- they're releasing a new album, I think, this year sometime. And I know that when they do tour, I'll probably get to see them in a smaller venue. 
and I won't have to have any any troubles getting tickets. So it's like I like that I'm a fan of something that not a lot of other people maybe yeah. know, because it makes it feel more like oh, you can have this connection with this person or this band who you admire. Yeah. And not have to be like John Hamm, where it's like, oh, everyone loves this person. You know, there's yeah. no point in trying. It's like Sketchfest, you, you, they always have he, big, like, uh, comedy people there and doing shows. And, like, they always do cast reunions. I think, like, the year I went, they were doing, like, the cast reu- reunion of Kids in the Hall. Hmm. So they had all them that do, like, a panel and stuff. So those tickets were extremely hard to get. And, you know, Never Not Funny sold out pretty quick. But huh. it wasn't selling out as fast as like comedy bang bang or something you know like, yeah it's like i'll so, never get to see weezer at this point not that i really want to honestly I'm but not, i've seen their set list i think i'd go see them <laughs> if they ever came yeah but but like the rentals i i think the last time i saw them i saw them uh it was 2015 ish i think and I saw them at the El Rey, which is a venue in LA that's not that big. And it's so cool. I like I don't like big venues. I like being somewhere where yeah. you can get up to the front and the uh, Matt Sharp jumped into the into the crowd and he was like dancing with the crowd and you'll you won't get that when you see Weezer. It's just a different experience. I mean, it's fine. They're they're different. It's not like one is better or worse, but Yeah. It's like I mentioned the Hives, which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite bands, probably, you know, in my top three, along with Weezer, of course. <laughs> and, uh, no, not really. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I said that. Um, the, the not really part. No, but, like, we, you know, we, as, it's complicated. It's complicated, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw The Hives at uh, at the Sunshine Theater here in Albuquerque, which is a pretty small place. And it's a place where, you know, you can go up, you know, you're at the stage. There's, it's not, there's, you know, it probably fits like a couple hundred people at the most. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to see them in Denver in a few weeks at probably right around when this is getting released actually. And, uh, it's in, you know, another, it's at the Gothic theater, which I think only holds like a thousand or something. Nice. And that's about as big as I'd want to see. Cause when I saw Foo Fighters, it was at a huge place and it's like, you know, we had good seats, but it's a different show than when, when you're, you know, 30 feet away and you're still you're as close to the wall as you are to them. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Like, that's the only way I like to see bands. And I feel bad because there are so many cool bands that and I don't care if a band gets big. Bands I like should get big because I want them yeah. to be successful. But then it's like, you know, I remember I was really into Beach House. I mean, I still I mean, I haven't followed them, but it's like. Oh, then they played at the Hollywood Bowl, which is gigantic, where you're lucky if you can afford a ticket at the very, very back, (laughs) where you have to basically watch them on a screen. And it's like, why would I pay money to go watch a band on a screen? That, to me, is not worth, like, I'll just watch the YouTube video at home. (laughs) Yeah, bands are weird. (laughs) That's the Yeah. It's weird how we experience bands. But it's cool. I mean, again, I wish the rentals had more success, in a way, but... I also like that they kind of... That they are they where they are. Well, they don't release a lot of stuff. Like, they've had... I mean, I want to say this is only their... the Whatever album comes out this year, I think is only going to be their fourth full-length album. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Um, Wizards put out four in the past last like, oh, four don't. years. They, they put out two last year. <laughs> the one with all covers. Yeah. Oh, I had a funny thing. I didn't... I didn't... Um, it was the Black Album this year save it oh let me see if i can find it because i was like oh this isn't i don't i think the black album was this year uh 
Oh my God. I found a really funny story because I thought it wasn't relevant to the rentals, but it's really funny. So I'm going to bring it up. Oh, here it is. <laughs> it was about how, you know, Matt Sharp either left Weezer or was kicked out of Weezer around 1998 ish. And, they there was there's a Rolling Stone article where they were talking to him about some well maybe this is the same article I was actually reading from, but they were asking him about Weezer, and then they were asking him about like oh you know do you want to rejoin Weezer oh and then they said have you listened to any of the albums they've made since you left in 1998. You know, I haven't listened to them too often. When they released the first record after Pinkerton, 2001's Green Album, I didn't hear it forever. I just didn't listen to radio at the time. I was way, way down Leonard Cohen Avenue listening to Chris Christopherson, Nick oh Drake, all, <laughs> all those troubadours with their acoustic guitars walking down Lonely Street. And I don't have a television, so I didn't see if MTV was playing their stuff at that time. But I remember being in a Panera Bread and having a bread bowl. I don't know why. Bread bowls are a very 90s thought to me. And hearing that dip, dip, whatever the fuck that song was. <laughs> Island in the Sun? Yeah, I remember being like, that's got to be them. There's a particular melody in there that seems just seems very signature to River's style. I was like, that's good. That's a really nice melody while eating my bread bowl. But I haven't heard too much of it. <laughs> that is the most pretentious thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Especially when he throws in, I don't own a TV. <laughs> So I was watching a lot of foreign films at the time. <laughs> yeah, he seems like the kind of person who watches like French films with subtitles, you know? I don't know. I think, I mean, I love Matt Sharp, but he's, he's a character. And I know we'll talk more about him because even around the Pinkerton time, like even watching some of their music videos, you can tell there was a lot of, uh, just in the band, there wasn't a lot of agreement as to what they were doing. Yeah. And I know he must be difficult to work with, but I, I appreciate Matt Sharp <laughs> and his music so much more than Rivers at this point. I feel bad saying that, but I think, I mean, I do think together they were stronger and made better stuff than apart because I don't love the rental stuff these days, but I still think I appreciate what they're doing more than what Weezer is doing now. Yeah. Like at least there's some interest there. So, so, Circling back to this Return of the Rentals, mm -hmm. what, what are your overall thoughts on it? I mean, I think it's a perfect album. I I think because I love that synth sound so much, I think I, especially since like Weezer isn't doing a very full sound. I don't know. Like it sounds like Weezer, but with synths. And it reminds me of the Pinkerton B-sides, and I love that sound. It's just a very full sound, and there's a lot going on in it. So I just love the whole album. And I, I love, I mean, I don't necessarily know, uh, I mean, I don't know if the album was meant to be kind of, like, I know the first song has a little bit of a space theme to it, but the whole rest of the album doesn't. But it's just about, I think it's about like being in your 20s and not being sure of where you are. Of course, now I'm in my 30s, so I should, probably shouldn't <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. I'm still very confused about the direction my life are. is going in. But I, I just, I love the lyrics. I think they're very simple. I love the synth. And I think it's a great album. Um, whether it's better than Seven More Minutes, I don't know. I think it's more of a solid album. It's more of a cohesive album. 
but again, Seven More Minutes is more uh, more raw. So it's kind of the Blue Album Pinkerton thing, but I love it and I'm glad it exists. And it might it's my third favorite Weezer or Weezer adjacent album, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's my second favorite. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I I thought it was fine. <laughs> it was good. I, it's not. I don't have any emotions tied up with it, so mm-hmm. that yeah. is also a tough thing. And and I think when I was listening to it, I was trying to analyze it, which makes it different. Right. Um, what else? Like I said, it just sounds so mid nineties to me that it, yes. it did make me want to go back and listen to more of that kind of, of that era of music. Yeah. I'm interested to see what it does to my Spotify algorithm. <laughs> listening to it nonstop. Maybe Primus will finally get off it, even though I don't, even though I hate Primus. Stop playing Primus, Spotify. I hate Primus. All they but, can hear is Primus and they're just going to keep recommending oh it. Oh my God. I keep saying, don't play this anymore every fucking week. They're not here. It's on my don't. Discover Weekly. There's only 30 songs on my disco- on your Discover Weekly and one is always Primus or Les Claypool. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, I am curious what you might think if you go ahead and listen to Seven More Minutes, because that's a different, I, it's a different album. It's very different. Yeah, we'll, but maybe we'll have if to you do get, that in a few months. Yeah, if you get to a point in your life where you're just like, I want to leave this country and go somewhere else. <laughs> and also, I feel very alone. <laughs> and buy, buy an expensive synthesizer. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that will never happen with me. I don't own one musical instrument. I have more musical instruments than I should for someone who is not in a band and who does not play them. <laughs> I have I the like perfect collecting. amount of instruments for somebody who is not in a band and does not play. I have, Zero. I have a synth, I have a ukulele, I have a guitar acoustic, and I have I have a mandolin, but to be fair, I found that by the dumpster, so that didn't cost <laughs> me anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have hats. I just have my, pile, my piles and piles of hats, of vintage snapback hats around hey, the house. Hey, they're practical. Hey, they are. mine are practical if somebody asks me to be in their band. <laughs> yeah, ask Sarah to be in your band. I'll do She'll it for free. She'll write songs about cats. I'm not doing anything right now. I don't have a job. She'll write songs about cats and embarrassing celebrity encounters. Oh my God, yes. I only have the one right now, but if you put me in your band, I will make sure I come up with more material. <laughs> You said that Friends of P wasn't your favorite song. What's your favorite no. song on the album? I think The Love I'm Searching For, the very first song. I think that's okay. my favorite one. Or Please Let That Be You. Very synthy, and I love them. What I was your friend, favorite Friends song? Friends of P was probably my favorite, just because mm-hmm. this is the one I recognized. Yeah. Um, my Summer Girl, I kind of liked. Oh, fun fact about that one. Uh, that was actually written by... Sherry Lynn Westrich, but she did not receive credit. Mm. I don't know who that is. She was just in the band. Oh, okay. She's a musician of some sort. But uh, yeah, she wrote it, but she didn't get credit. When you said it, I'm like, oh, shoot. Is she like a member of the B-52s or something? <laughs> nah, she was in the rentals and probably some other bands, but she did not get credit. It's a shame. Always oh, and keeping down um, the women. Yeah. And well, I, I do like the, I didn't feel like this album was too problematic. So I think that's nice. Again, like I, the lyrics barely mm-hmm. registered with me at all, just because mm-hmm. they're so, the, the vocals are so, uh, yeah, I've said it a million times, Let me say yeah. It again. but yeah. So I, it's funny. I listened to it 15 times and I still <laughs> sing one of the songs. <laughs> oh, oh, um, 
Sweetness and tenderness, uh, tenderness, the last song on the album, they did a new version of that on an EP that they released. I think I prefer this version, but the other one is nice too. So hmm. that's the one song they've revisited. Um, but yeah, I think those are all the notes I have on the songs. I didn't find a lot on most of them. Again, there's not a ton of information on the rentals. Yeah, out there. they're not. They're yeah. not a, as big a band. They're not as, Weezer. Yeah. But there's a, there are a lot of rumors out there, too. So I know we'll talk more about Matt Sharp and everything when we talk about Pinkerton more. So there's a lot of Matt Sharp coming yeah, up. We, we have to figure out a way to talk about the albums in a way that's not just breaking down song by song, which yeah. a lot of other podcasts do. And mm-hmm. I'm not really interested in being the eighth person to do that. No. And uh, so if you have any ideas... Send us, send it to WeezerTurnPod at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to hear from us? Yeah. How do you want, how do you want us to analyze an album that has been analyzed to death? Yeah. Two albums I mean, that have been analyzed to death and then a bunch of others that you don't remember. Oh, we could just talk about our embarrassing stories about <laughs> that are somehow, cause I do have embarrassing story. I have an embarrassing story about Pinkerton, but I'll say, I'll, why do I have embarrassing stories about everything? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I think that's a bigger question. It's for maybe to talk to your therapist about. You should get a therapist. But like for me, a lot of these songs were big in college. So I, that's oh, the yeah. answer. You know, oh. yeah, <laughs> you know like I have an embarrassing years. song about the killers. <laughs> and but Elliot I, Smith. I do have some. I have one embarrassing story about um, Pinkerton that took place Ooh. freshman year of college. And there was whiskey involved. Oh, I will yeah, save that. I. So good. I'm so glad I did not drink until I was out of, until I failed out of college. Yeah, drinking is bad. Yeah, drinking <laughs> is bad. But um, what isn't bad is the rentals. <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah, so I think that we've analyzed yes. a band that is not <laughs> the subject of the podcast we're doing. Yeah, but very relevant, I would say. Yeah, 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 because it's, you can't talk about Weezer's history without mentioning Matt Sharp. Well, you can't talk about Pinkerton without talking about the rentals, I think. Um, and yeah, we will do an episode on songs from the Black Hole, probably, and Pinkerton, because there's a lot going on there. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, anything else we should bring up, or should we just plug our stuff now? Um, I don't have anything else in my notes, uh, except for off-air stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably didn't have to mention that. Um <laughs> Yeah, but you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at FBI Hop. Um, on Instagram, you can see all the pictures of my baseball caps and of <laughs> yeah. my cats and of roadrunners that live everywhere in my neighborhood. Oh, so my God. I see roadrunners almost every day. That's uh, so cool. And uh, what about you, Sarah? I'm on Instagram at Sarah Iyer. It's just cat pictures. I'm on Twitter at Sarah and Julie Iyer. I am also on The Purrcast, a podcast about cats. Meow. And I am on another podcast called The Bluth, The Whole Bluth and Nothing But The Bluth. That's about Don Bluth films. And I believe our episode on an American tale just came out, possibly. I have no idea what day it is. But we have no idea know. when this comes out. I, think, yeah. I don't think this comes out till mid-May. Oh, yeah. I think then, yeah, an American tale, maybe our next episode. Who knows? I listened to one episode and it was good. Oh, my God. Thank it. you. It's too, it's too long. <laughs> like, not too long. It's just the right length, it, but... If, if you're you a, if you're a movie fan, you'll like it. If you're an animation nerd and you have two hours to kill, <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> and um, uh, you can follow 
Weezer this Pod. show on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, yes. all at WeezerPod. And uh, like I said, follow those. You'll see the cool v- videos that Sarah Woo! puts up, the gifts I like, that I make, because like that's my only contribution to this besides talking. I mean, gifts are important. Yeah. They and really uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Rate and review us on iTunes, on other services that allow you to rate and review and ideally uh, five stars but you know if you hate us that's if, if you listen too. to this long you give us five stars <laughs> if you're at, at this point in the podcast just give us five stars yeah do it oh man we still haven't come up with oh. a way to end this oh um, uh friend, if you're friends, friends of, of p then you're friends wheeze. with wheeze <laughs> see you next week Bye. I try, no, I try.